everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Dylan James. And JT Taylor is here as well. And it's that time of year. Well, yeah, I guess that time of year, I guess you could say. For the Olympics, it's been covering all over the cable networks and such. NBC's been covering everything, so I've been flipping back between NBC, NBC Sports, CNBC. It's been uh, pretty crazy so far, but it's been fun to watch. You know, the funny thing is, after the Olympics happen, after these things go away, I forget about most of these sports. But then once they come back on TV, I'm enamored with them, especially curling. We're watching curling right now as we're recording the podcast. The USA men's team is playing Denmark right now. We're up eight to three at the end of the eighth. So it's crazy stuff. JT, how's it going? Doing good, Dylan. Glad to be here tonight. Yeah, as always. Yes, uh, I know you were talking about the Olympics there, and to be honest, I haven't watched. I've tried to watch some of the Olympics at work, but I've been so busy working between DVC and Under Armour this week. I haven't had a lot of chance to catch up at home, but I am off on Monday and Tuesday. And I'm definitely catching up on the Olympics. I have been following some of the sports. Uh, I was watching the luge, so that was pretty pretty intense. Uh, I get kind of nervous, you know, watching those uh, athletes go down the luge because you're hanging on the sleigh like so tight, and I'm just worried. Uh, one of my coworkers showed me a video because I think one of the the athletes like fell off the luge, and it was pretty pretty scary. Yeah, seeing what happened there in uh, Korea, and. <clears throat> Another thing I did watch was, uh, of course, some bobsledding. That was pretty cool. Of course, curling. Seeing a little bit of that. And uh, been, haven't had a chance to watch any of the ice hockey games, but I've been following it on the internet. Uh, the U.S. women, of course, are doing pretty well right now. And the men, they have they didn't start off so good. They lost to Slovenia in their first game in overtime, uh, 3-2. But they bounced back today, uh, beating Slovakia. So... U.S. men looking good, bouncing back. Canada doing pretty good for the men as well. And uh, it's going to be interesting. The thing that's interesting, Dylan, is through these Olympics, there's been a lot of storylines so far within the first week in the books. Uh, What's impressed me the most is for the U.S., even though we haven't done well, last I checked, I think we had eight medals so far. Yeah, yeah. And our first medal, our first two medals, Dylan, were from 17-year-olds. Red Gerard and Chloe Kim. Those are our first two medals. Phenomenal. And, and, and congrats uh, to those guys, by the way. But Red amazing. actually woke up late the morning of his gold medal run. He woke up late. He, some other things too. Like he said the F word on TV <laughs> and he was the first gold medal for the U.S., which is phenomenal. Um, great role model um, by far for Americans to look up to. In, in red. So uh, phenomenal so far. There have been some huge storylines. There was a, a snowboarder who actually broke his neck yesterday during an event, which is, it's scary to watch. Like you were saying about luge. I mean, and luge and uh, and also bobsledding is a scary sport too. They just go down those, those turns and those hills so fast. They're well, flying down that course. One of my coworkers have mentioned, because it's in South Korea, and the area where it's at in Korea, it, it snows a lot up there. Yeah. Compared to when the Winter Olympics were in Russia in 2014, Sochi, it was warm. It, it was not like ice cold like it is in Korea right now. And 
when it was warm, it, when people going down the bobsled and the luge, it it wasn't like such a hard surface and very slick. But in Korea, it is because it's just so much snow, and yeah. you know those guys are trying to keep it like not so snowy where it's like you can get loose but it's just it's just hard when the snow is coming down like that every night yeah uh and you know watching alpine skiing that's i watch some of these athletes who are in these events alpine skiing snowboarding luge skeleton uh things like that and it it just i could never do that at all I, i don't know what they say i don't know what their parents say to them when they're children, saying, you know what, you should train to be an alpine skier. How do you start? Watching them fly down a hill like that fast, with these obstacles in front of them, these, you know, with with what's called a slalom. With a slalom, they have these, these poles sticking out from the ground, and you're slapping your body with these poles every single turn you make. It, it's just, it doesn't look fun to me. It doesn't look fun. It looks about as fun as running a marathon. I'm not going to pay to run for fun. It's not fun for me. I'm going to run from something. I'm not going to run for fun. So it, just think, I don't know. It, it, it freaks me out. I, I commend these athletes who are playing in these games, doing these things, because I sure as hell could not do them. Well, it just admires me with the Olympics even more, Dylan, because... These athletes, they, they train for this. Like four years of their lives, they train oh, to I'm, get here. And I'm sure it's a lot and, more than that, too. And that, and that's and that's what they do. I mean, look at Lindsey Vaughn. The last time she was in the Olympics, she, I believe, was hurt and couldn't like participate. So now she's back trying to – I think for most people, they're thinking this is her last run at the Olympics. But she's going to make a run. Uh, I think she's supposed to go tonight. She's going Super tonight, Super G yep. Alpine skiing event tonight. Yeah. So we'll see how she does. Speaking of another comeback, Sean White came back and won gold in his event as well, topping an, a Japanese rider and also an Australian rider as well. So congrats to him. He won his third gold medal in that event in snowboarding, which is fantastic. And, I mean, I, 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 I'm sure it's safe to say that it's probably the end of his career now. Uh, this is probably his last Olympic Games. He probably would have hung him up after Sochi in 2014, but... Unfortunately, he did not get the gold medal, so he wanted to come back for revenge, and uh, he's done that. So it, it's phenomenal to see a, a player of, of that age, too. He's 31 years old, and in a sport like snowboarding, that's that's an old an old participant in that sport. So um, kudos to Sean White because that was a phenomenal run he had, and and um, yeah, it's just it's really cool to see these guys like that. But now, you know, my girlfriend and I were talking about Ann Bailey, and I were talking about it that a lot of the big names we used to see in the Olympics, like Apollo Antonono and, uh, you know, Michelle Kwan and people like that, we don't see those big names anymore. So we're seeing the next generation of Olympians that are going to be household names in the next four, eight, 12 years. And it's so cool to see that transition because we're seeing a lot of those, those key athletes pop up and um, it's just it's going to be really, really awesome to see over the next few years. Not only that, Dylan, we've had a lot of interesting storylines from other countries. So obviously, since the tournament is in South Korea, of course, before the tournament started, there was an announcement that North and South Korea were going to unify and have athletes play together. So the only team I've seen that's a unified team is uh, 
the women's hockey team because they were combined. And it was interesting because I was reading an article about it where South Korea had 23 players, but they had to move some of them off to make room for the North Koreans to play. And, and they only had like two months, like to put or a month or two to put this all together. So it was interesting to see how those players could gel. And the coaches that were coaching that team, they said the, the players did really well, even though at the, as of right now, recording, the unified Korean team has not won a game for the women. But they've been hanging in there. So well, that's an interesting developer to watch. Of course, we've seen it from America. We had the two, the Brandt sisters. One plays for the U.S. women's hockey team, and the other one plays for the Korean team. So that's an interesting development as well. And Dylan, well, what everyone's been talking about in the Olympics is, well, there is no Team Russia. Instead, we got OAR. The Olympic, <laughs> Olympic athletes of Russia. That's phenomenal. So that's interesting, but... Uh, the Russian hockey or the OAR hockey team that's got Pavel or Datsuk or Kovachuk, some of those players from the KHL. It'll be interesting to see how those guys do going forward. But yeah, Dylan, lots of storylines within the first week, and we'll definitely have to wait and see how things develop when we record again next week for the Olympics. Yeah, the biggest storyline we saw coming out of today was that. A hopeful in American figure skating, Nathan Chin, he's in 17th place, and he was supposed to be our best figure skater um, in the men's competition. So, I mean, I don't know what happened there. He fell several times during his his single event today. Um, I don't know how he's going to get out of that hole because he's in a very, very deep hole right now, but it, it's, it's crazy to see the ebbs and flows of games like this, and you're on this huge stage. You only have... In certain events, you only have one shot at actually showing what you've got, actually making it to a, a, um, a metal position. So it's it's going to be interesting to see if athletes like that will be able to rebound or um, just you know hit their stride when they're supposed to in these games. Definitely, Dylan. All right. Well, we will continue to watch what's going on in the Olympics. But now let's come back to the USFA and let's talk about America's favorite sport, and that is, Dylan, football. Now, I know the Super Bowl and all that we caught, recapped out last week, so football's done. But we still have an offseason that feels like a season of itself. So, in the NFL, we've had a lot of news. The last week we talked about the Colts and that Josh McDaniels had turned down the job. He's going to stay with the Patriots. And now, Dylan, the Colts did find someone to take over the, their head coaching job. Yes, the offensive coordinator from the Philadelphia Eagles, Frank Reich. He's going in there, and he's going to be the head coach for the Indianapolis Colts. And Colts, fan are, Colts fans are actually pretty excited about this hire. He is actually a very, very good offensive coordinator for Philly. And, I mean, they should be excited. He, he's he's a, a good coach. I think he'll have a solid coaching staff in there as well in Indianapolis. And they have a great quarterback, too. As long as Andrew Luck stays healthy in that system, I think that they can do good things. Hopefully not against our Tennessee Titans next season, but they will do some good things in this league as long as Andrew Luck stays healthy. That's the biggest the biggest asterisk I think I can put against the Colts right now because Andrew Luck has not been able to stay on the field the past two years. So if he can stay upright, if he can stay on the field and play his version of football, then I think that they can do very well except against the Titans. That's my opinion about it. JT, what do you what do you think about the new coach? Well, I think the new coach, you know, it's it's good for the Colts. 
I don't know. I mean, he did really well with the Eagles and helped them uh, win the Super Bowl. So the Colts, I felt, had to go more offensive because you saw their offense really struggled this past season in the NFL. I mean, the key question, Dylan, is Andrew Luck. Can he stay healthy? And if I'm the Colts, I would really work hard this offseason to invest in a backup quarterback, like a legit backup quarterback that's going to help your team just in case Andrew Luck can't stay healthy and get some offensive weapons for him that you can get in the draft and free agency. I mean, who knows, Des Bryant or someone like that caliber could be available. And the Colts, you know, got a rebound. As we talked last week, Dylan, the Jaguars have passed them. Our Titans have passed them. The the Texans, if Deshaun wants they tell them they've passed them. So the Colts have to do something because right now they're at the rock bottom. And the only place they can go is up from here. So you don't think Jacoby Percet is the backup quarterback in Indianapolis? You don't think he's a good enough backup quarterback for Andrew Luck? No, they I, they need like a, a legit backup quarterback. Do you think it was because of the coaching staff there in Indianapolis? That's I why he so. wasn't that good of a quarterback? I, I, I or do you think it's Jacoby Brissett? I think Brissett? so. I think so. The, I mean, that would be fair. Co- Jacoby Brissett, he came late. He came like, what, after five, six games? Because he was with the Patriots. They let him go so he can go sign with them and play because he wanted to play. And since he was signed by Bill Belichick and the Patriots, you would think he has some sort of skill at the position. And so, you know, maybe they try their hand at Jacoby Brissett. I mean, maybe if if Frank can get his hands on Jacoby Brissett and teach him a few things, like he taught Nick Foles last year in Philadelphia, then who knows? Maybe Jacoby can be a good backup there in Indianapolis. But I think a full off season, will they'll have to kind of tinker with things to see if they, he can actually fit in the system before they actually go out and try to draft somebody or pick somebody up in free agency. I think I think as of right now, the quarterback position, in my eyes, for the Indianapolis Colts, is okay. I think that they should look at offensive line. They should look at defense, too. They should definitely look at def- defense. And the skills positions. So, I mean, I, th- I think there's several needs that the Colts have that I don't know if they can actually fulfill every single position they need just in the draft. They'll probably have to look at free agency as well. So it just depends on who they can get. I agree, Dylan. I agree. Yeah. Um, So let's move on to the Raiders. The Oakland Raiders are cutting their longtime kicker, Sebastian Janikowski. And after what, 17 years? 18 seasons. 18 seasons. 18 seasons with the uh, Oakland Raiders. They're calling it quits. Well, he's 40 years old and he's one of their high price place kickers. He's making a lot of money, and especially at his age, they're like, wow. And he's done such an amazing job. So it's going to be interesting now what Janikowski is going to do. Does he want to retire, or does he still want to play? Now, I can't think of any openings right now off the top of my head where he could be a fit other than maybe Denver just because <laughs> they have the high altitude at his advantage that could help him out. But, you know, Janikowski, he's been in the league for a long time. And regardless – when if he decides to retire, he, I think he's gonna definitely go in the Hall of Fame. He's gone from like you know that you know hell raising uh, punter and everything for the Raiders, and he's gotten royalty. Like he's a he's a fan hit for the Raiders. So I think whenever he he calls it a career, he's definitely going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and on to some more uh, Nashville news for the Tennessee Titans. They were lucky enough to be nominated as one of the five finalists to host an NFL draft in either 2019 or 2020. How likely do you think it is that Nashville lands this draft in 2019 or 2020? 
Yeah, Dylan. I think that's going to be great for Nashville. We know it's a event town. Me and you, Dylan, were just there last year for the Stanley Cup final for the Predators. So Nashville, they're going to have a lot of things going on. We know Nissan Stadium, they can host events there very well. And the Bridgestone Arena is going to host events down there as well. And <clears throat> I think the draft, the draft is like an event now. It used to be in New York all the time. And now they kind of bounce around between Chicago and I don't know, LA, I think Philly had it, and now it's going to go to Nashville now. So I think it's going to be very exciting for the fans there. And the Titans, whoever they're pick, going to pick in 2020, those fans are going to show up for sure. And Nashville is where it's at right now. They're starting soccer in uh, March next month, and then they got MLS in a couple years, and with the hockey with the Preds, how successful they've been. And the Titans make the playoffs. So I think Nashville would be a great place for the NFL to bring the draft there. And I think so, too, with the NHL All-Star game that happened a few years ago. I think that Nashville showed that it can be a host for something as epic as a Stanley Cup final or an All-Star game or an NFL draft. So I think that it is a great place. It is a great option for the league to hold the draft. And I think that they will definitely land one of these years. I'm not sure if it's 19 or 20, but we'll figure it out. Um, in the coming weeks, so hopefully we'll get good news about that soon, and uh, we could possibly see if Out of Bounds might want to make a road trip up there. So uh, let's move on to some basketball news. College basketball action has been heating up because March Madness is just around the corner. JT, give us some uh, info on the season so far. Well, one big upset that happened last night was the Houston Cougars have uh, beaten the Cincinnati Bearcats. Cincinnati Bearcats are ranked number five. Sorry, Kevin. And uh, they beat him 67-62. And they basically snapped uh, Cincinnati's 16-game win streak. So, very impressive for the Houston Cougars. Uh, the Wisconsin Badgers, they beat Purdue. Purdue was ranked right behind Cincinnati, number 6. They beat them 57-53. to And uh, Dylan, your uh, favorite basketball team in college, the Tennessee Volunteers, they've been doing pretty well. They beat Kentucky last week. They're the second-best team in the SEC West right now. Um, Auburn. Auburn beat Kentucky, and they're in the top team in the SEC right now, so doing very well. Uh, Trey Young, Oklahoma, the Sooners have lost four straight games, so they've been kind of trained down in the standings as of late, but they do play the Texas Longhorns this weekend, so we'll see if they'll bounce back. Of course, in the Atlantic Coast Conference, Virginia, still number one in the college basketball world, uh, 13-1 ACC Conference. Uh, they won their last game, so they're doing pretty well. Duke, Clemson, North Carolina, can't count them out. So, yeah, Dylan, I'm very excited with college basketball. Now that they got the attention now, that football season is over, a lot of people are going to start watching, especially because we're getting close to the March Madness next month. Yeah, and we will be putting out a bracket for Out of Bounds, so we'll be putting it on our Facebook page and Twitter page for our fans to follow along and possibly um, have a giveaway with that as well. So keep your eyes peeled on our social media handles, and we'll be posting more about that in the coming weeks. So on to some NBA news. The Cleveland Cavaliers got pretty busy towards the end of the trade deadline, and they got some good acquisitions to complement LeBron James's game. Do you think the momentum they have right now with this new core of players will propel them through the East and to the NBA Finals this season? That deal, I don't know. I think... It's going to be, in the East, it's going to be coming down to two teams between the Celtics and, and the Cavaliers. They're stepping me up there. Now, the good news is, Dylan, since they made this trade, they have won four straight games. It's like they're a brand new team. They beat the Timberwolves 
140 to 138. They beat the Hawks last Friday, 123 to 107. They beat the Celtics, which was a huge game. They were blowing out the Celtics and ended up winning that game, 121 to 99. And of course, their last game before the All Star break, they defeated the Thunder, 120 to 112. So the Cavaliers, Dylan, it's like. They are a different team now because before they were losing like 13 or 19 games and they gave up a 21-point lead to our Orlando Magic. So let's just recap some of the moves they made, guys. They traded Dwayne Wade back to the Miami Heat for a second-round draft pick. They got uh, Rodney Hood and George Hill from the and, – and they traded Derrick Rose and Jay Crowder to the Jazz. And they traded Joe Johnson. And Joe Johnson, and of course, and Marshall went to the Sacramento Kings. And then – the Cavaliers, like I said, they were just moving pieces that I think can fit role players to fit with LeBron James's skills. And I think the, like I mentioned, they're a different team now. And the Cavaliers, who though they were free falling for their standings, though they're going to finally pick it up again and get the ball rolling. So we'll see, Dylan, how it goes. But looks like they're going to improve for sure. I think they will too. I, th- I think that with LeBron having new meat on the team and multiple players on the team now because they have such a young core. I think that LeBron James can take this team pretty far in the East. I don't know if they can rival the Golden State Warriors because that's going to be a really, really tough battle for them in the if they get to the finals. But we'll see. We'll see if they can actually do it, and we'll see if they can knock off the Celtics too in the East because that's going to be a very interesting series if it ends up to be the Eastern Conference Championship against those two teams. Definitely. Let me do, just do a quick correction. Real quick. Actually, the Kings got Joe Johnson and Iman Shuffert, um, not from the Cavaliers, but from the Jazz. The Jazz actually, or the Cavaliers actually got Rodney Hood and George Hill. And I forgot about one trade that happened earlier. They also traded Isaiah Thomas and Channing Frye to the LA Lakers. And in return, they got Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance Jr. So yeah, I agree with you, Dylan. Those are the Cavaliers are going to get going and We'll see how it is come playoff time in April. But yeah, I agree. The Warriors are still the team to beat. There have been some whispers in the league recently in the past few days that Chris Bosh is possibly going to be making a comeback to the NBA. How likely is that, and where do you think he might land? Well, Chris Bosh, Dylan, is saying that he is not done yet. I think a lot of people were speculating if he retired. Uh, he's saying he has not retired and that he's been resting, trying to stay healthy. You know, make sure he's helping out to play. And he's, uh, I'm trying to remember when was the last time he played. Hmm, I'm not too sure. But he's resting and waiting for a call. And we'll see if someone will give him a shot down the stretch. But I think he does intend on coming back to play in the league this season uh, with a contender. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, do you think that he might be able to reunite with? Um, Dwayne Wade down in Miami? He could. Uh, whether he's going to play or not, I, I don't know. But he's uh, open to, I think what Chris Bosh is going to do is he's not going to rule out anything, but I think his preference would be to return uh, in the NBA. If it's not this year, like before the playoffs, I definitely think he'll try to join with the team next season. And if it's next season... It's most likely going to be a contender, or a contender, excuse me, like the Warriors or the Houston Rockets, maybe the Heat if they'd make some roster moves, or of course the Toronto Raptors. They've been a good team in the East as well. So, I think Chris Bosh is just keeping his eyes open for next this year, this year or next season, and trying to find the right fit. But I think once we see the roster changes happen this summer, 
he'll make it easier to see where he's going to go from there. But I think it's most likely if he comes back, it's going to be with a contender. All right, so let's move on to some more NBA news. The NBA All-Star Weekend is upon us. What are some of the things you're looking forward to the most this weekend? Well, Dylan, we got the celebrity game tonight in Los Angeles. So that's going on right now as we speak. We got the Rising Stars Challenge. Tomorrow it's going to be the Slam Dunk Contest and a three-point shootout. And, of course, on Sunday, Dylan, is the All-Star Game. So lots of big moves happening in the game. Uh, Oh, that's right. The Rising Stars Team World versus Team USA. But I think the All-Star Game is going to be between the East and the West. And I think, Dylan, the West is going to find a way to uh, win being the East, just like last year. So it's going to be a pretty fun game. Um, I was going to try to watch some of it, but it's going to be a very exciting game. And after the All-Star game, Dylan, it's pretty much a fast finish to the uh, sprints as we get ready for the NBA playoffs. So it's going to be very, very exciting. And I'm sorry, is it? Oh, well, it's Eastern versus West, but they're going to have captains. So it's like Team LeBron for the Eastern Conference. And then Steph Curry is going to do the uh, Western Conference. Cool. And yes, the West did win last year, 192 to 182. Nice. All right, let's move on to some NHL news. Now, uh, Seattle has officially submitted its paperwork, its bid, to be the next NHL expansion team. So any word on how quickly this might take, uh, when we might see a, a team actually in Seattle, things of that nature? That I don't know. Um, I'm If I have to guess, Dylan, I think it's going to be around the same timeline like the Vegas Golden Knights when they applied to join the league a few years ago. I'm expecting if it's going to be now, it probably won't be until maybe 2020, 2021 season when they start. And I think the arena should be done by then or if not the following season. Um, but they're gonna, they apply to be the 32nd team in the league. They've put down $10 million down payment. Of course, we mentioned a few months ago they paid $650 million. And they're working on their arena revamping. So, yeah, everything I'm reading on here in this article looks like they should have everything up and running by the 2020 season. So, it's exciting. I think Vancouver, they will be very happy, the Canucks, because they'll have somebody close by other than Edmonton, Calgary, and the LA Kings and the Sharks. So... In Seattle, Dylan, we know with sports, they are a very passionate city. We've seen them support the Seahawks and the Mariners, even though the Mariners haven't done well. They still go out there, support that team. And we've seen it with the the Seattle Storm and the WNBA. Seattle's a very blue-collar, passionate city for their sports. And not only that, Dylan, I think, I really do believe and hope that if the NHL goes there, I would expect the NBA to follow and bring back the Sonics. Oh, all right. At least that's what's speculated. But I had to think with the NHL going, with the NFL already at 32 teams, you know the NHL is going at 32 teams. The MLB, Major League Baseball, has been rumored that they're considering going to 32 teams. So I had to think, Dylan, that the NBA is going to follow suit if all the leagues are going to that. We'll see. We'll see what happens. So good hot takes here on Out of Bounds. So that was straight from JT's mouth. Now, uh, let's head over to the LA Kings. They got help in a trade that might help their team rebound a little bit because they were kind of in a in a slump the past few months. So, JT, give us some more information on that. 
Yeah, Dylan. So there was a trade. The LA Kings, they have acquired Dion Phaneuf from the Ottawa Senators. And in return, they uh, sent, uh, they also got uh, <laughs> Nate Thompson. And then they traded uh, Marion Gabrick and Nick Shore over to the Ottawa Senators. And I think, I think originally it was a four team deal. So I don't see on here where the other two teams that made trades. It's not referencing those. But I think it's a big deal for the Kings, Dylan, because the Kings, they are trying to keep up and make that push for the playoffs. Right now the Kings are sitting there towards the, uh, not the bottom, but they're like in fourth, they're in fifth place right now in the Pacific Division. And they got to keep up. They've lost three straight games. They're trying to keep up with the Knights and the Ducks and the Flames and the Sharks to make that playoff push. So I think they're going to try really hard, Dylan, to make a push for the playoffs. The trade deadline for the NHL, Dylan, is only a couple weeks away. I believe it's on the 26th or the 28th. It's somewhere, it's towards the end of the month. I know that. But the Kings, right now, on the wild card spot, they are behind the Stars, the Wild, the Ducks, and the Avalanche. So they're behind with 65 points. But the Wild have 68 points. They're only out by three points, Dylan. So the Kings, they're going for it. They're trying to make a push. So we'll see what happens. But it's a big move, definitely. And Dion Phaneuf, I remember he was with the Maple Leafs and doing really well with them. And then he went to the Flames. He's pretty much been in Canada for most of his career. And now he's going to go to America with the Kings. There you go. So speaking of a playoff push, Evander Kane from the Buffalo Sabres may be on the move. And there are several suitors out there, including my Nashville Predators. They're possibly going to be calling his name to offer his services to the team when they head over to the playoffs. Now, there has been some speculation as to who is a better pick for Nashville. Would it be Evander Kane? Would it be Rick Nash instead? Rick Nash actually is a better two-way player. And also, he has playoff experience as well. That kind of bodes well, um, more in favor of Rick Nash than Evander Kane, but Evander Kane is a younger player, has, has more um, more mileage on his tires left to go. So I think that Evander Kane would be a better long-term option. But if you're not looking long-term, if you're looking at something that could possibly come in and help you win a cup, Rick Nash is the player from the New York Rangers. And I think Nashville's going to take a hard look on him. What are some other teams uh, that are looking at Evander Kane and Rick Nash right now um, in terms of trade before the trade deadline? Well, Rick Nash, we also mentioned the... The Dallas Stars, they're looking at him as well. And I believe the San Jose Sharks. Uh, the San Jose Sharks are also looking at Evander Kane. Uh, the St. Louis Blues, I mean, imagine Evander Kane, who has 18 goals this season uh, and 20 assists in 57 games. He could be a fit for the Blues. They got Paul Stashny and Vladimir Tarasenko there. Of course, he goes to the Sharks. Uh, yeah, Joe Pavelski, Thomas Hartel, Logan Couturier, Couturier excuse me, and uh, Joe Thornton. If he comes back with an injury, uh, the Sharks, watch out. And I think for the Preds, still, this is a big deal because the if they lose out on Rick Nash, let's say he gets moved to like the Sharks or somewhere, I think Evander Kane would be a, a perfect consolation prize for the Preds if they lose out. And you still got Mike Fisher coming back. So the Preds, like I said, they got to make a push to keep up and get back to the Senga Finals, especially if you're to play the Penguins again. Evander Kane, he can definitely match up his speed. So that's definitely another option for him. And then one more team that could be on the push up the team we just talked about, the LA Kings. They're trying to they're three points out of the wild card spot. So they may not be done trading yet. They may try to get more. So that's another team that could be a use for if Kane services. 
There you go. Now it's time for some uh, Preds and Capitals recap um, since last week. So, JT, I'll start with you and your Washington Capitals. Well, Dylan, my Washington Capitals, we have been pretty busy the past few games. We've had a lot of games within the last time. We played the Blue Jackets on Friday night, and we defeated them. But after that game, Dylan, we had two games against the Red Wings, and then we had a game against... The, the Red Wings, and we had a game against the uh, Jets. Now, with the Red Wings, we were close in that game, and we lost that game in overtime 5-4. We got a point. The Jets, though, that game was frustrating on Tuesday night. We had a 3-1 lead, and we blew it. And we ended up losing that game in overtime 4-3. So the Caps were coming in the game last night against the Minnesota Wild on a two-game losing streak. But the Capitals, Dylan, they really turned it around, and the Caps... They snapped the Wild. They had a thir- they were, the Capitals had the, the Capitals. The Wild had a thirteen point st- game point streak. We snapped that, and on top of that, we had a record night for Tom Wilson. He's had a career year this f- season, Dylan. He has nine goals and he has twenty six points in the season, and he's on our top line with Ovechkin and Nicholas Backstrom. Uh, Wilson, Ovechkin, and Baxter combined last night, Dylan, had four goals and nine points in that game. And we beat the Wild 5-2. Nicholas Backstrom, he's been on fire. He's got five goals in his last six games. So he's doing very well. And the Capitals, Dylan, we're getting points. And as long as we stay up at the top of the Metropolitan Division, because we know those Penguins, they are catching us right now. So we got to keep the pressure up to keep that division lead. So this will end up playing a team like... The, I don't know, the Hurricanes or the Rangers, whoever is the lowest team that gets in the playoffs for the wild card. So the Capitals, Dylan, we're doing pretty well. We got a game tomorrow night against the Blackhawks. Then we got the Sabres on Monday night. And then we got the Tampa Bay Lightning on Tuesday. So it's going to be even busier from here. Yeah, so the Nashville Predators uh, on my side, um, they've been doing pretty well as well. They've, they're have 6-4 in the past 10 games. Three of those games they missed uh, Philip Forsberg because of a suspension. But we don't have to talk about that again. Um, the St. Louis Blues came into town on Tuesday. It was a very, very good game. We were down 3-0 to zero in the third period. With 11 minutes left to go in the game, we tied the game um, in those 11 minutes until um, the, the, the buzzer over the third period. Uh, we tied it up, took it to overtime, and Philip Forsberg scored the game-winning goal on a penalty shot. It was a phenomenal game in Nashville. Uh, the crowd was really into it. It was a playoff atmosphere, so I'm really excited to see what's going to happen with this team in the next few weeks. Um, the Calgary Flame, however, came into town last night and dampened our flame just a little bit. Uh, they won 3-4 to four against us last night at home, so hopefully we can bounce back from that game and move on. So in the past few games, though, we have had really, really close games. We come back from a deficit to win games or tie games or lose in overtime or lose by just a goal. So hopefully we can kind of stop that uh, because, I mean, that's definitely not something you need to do as a playoff contender. And that that's one of the main things I'm worried about so far. But other than that, though, we didn't have Kyle Torres last night. He wasn't in the lineup. We had Pontus Aberg in the lineup instead. So I think that might have been one of the reasons why. Uh, we weren't as effective as we have been the past few games, but we'll see what happens. I, ho- I hope the, tit- the Predators can uh, bounce back, can play against the Detroit Red Rings last night, uh, tomorrow night um, in Nashville, and defeat them once again, our longtime rival in Detroit. So we'll see what happens. We got Detroit tomorrow night, Ottawa on Monday, and Detroit again in Detroit on Tuesday. So 
It's a good stretch of games there. And let's move on to our football recap of the week. And it's JT's favorite segment. JT, the microphone is all yours. Thanks, Dylan. As always, we're here to recap the latest from the beautiful game. So for my weekend recap, we had a lot of big games in Europe. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur, they defeated Arsenal 1-0 to win the North London Derby. So Harry King got a goal in the 49th minute. And Tottenham now keeps a 7-point lead over 6th place Arsenal as Tottenham try to make a push into the Champions place in the Premier League. Manchester United, they had a shocking loss to Newcastle United 1-0 this past weekend. FC Bayern Munich, they hang on with goals from Lewandowski in the 5th minute and Thomas Müller in the 36th minute for them to beat FC Schalke 2-1. Ashton Villa down the championship. They won their derby match against Birmingham City 2-0 to keep up in 2nd place in that automatic promotion spot to help them return to the Premier League next season. As for Birmingham City... They are now in the relegation zone in the championship to try to get out of there. And, of course, in, in Ligon, in Lyon, Olympic Lyon, they lost to Rennes uh, in a stunning loss to them, 2-0. And for the Lyon, they are now in the outside place looking in, <laughs> sitting there in fourth in Ligon as they try to make a push for the Champions League places. All right, Dylan, for Orlando City, we have some scrimmages for our preseason. We had a recent scrimmage on Wednesday, on Valentine's Day, against the Philadelphia Union. And Dylan, if you were expecting some brotherly love from Philadelphia with the Union, like the Eagles, that was not happening. And as Dom Dwyer, unfortunately, picked up an injury, and he got a quad injury in that scrimmage match against the Union, so he's going to be out for two to four weeks. But uh, the Orlando City... They're just struggling on as they get ready for the next preseason match. And we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, we can make the rest of the preseason with no more injuries. Because we got a big game coming up um, against D.C. United on March 3rd. Orlando Pride, they made some news as the ladies. They had signed forward Chioma Ubagego to a contract extension. And Orlando Pride, they announced their home opener. It's going to be on March 24th against the Utah Royals in the NWSL. All right, Dylan, on to some soccer news. And for soccer news, Dylan, it was a pretty big show because we had an election that happened as Carlos Cordero has been named the USSF president, replacing Sunil Gulati. And Carlos Cordero, he's going to focus on, Dylan, uh, uniting the cultures of soccer with all the divide going on right now. He's going to do that and try to get everybody together. He's also going to focus on investing in the youth, uh, getting more of the kids to stay in the game, and he wants to really focus on that. He wants to focus on getting refs better treatment, uh, grow the adult game, and build the Women's Professional League in the NWSL, and grow a commercial partnership. Right now we have $150 million surplus sitting there, but he wants to build more, get it up to $500 million. So that's his focus, and he said he's going to listen to everybody to try to make the U.S., Federation better because we missed the World Cup. We don't want to miss that again in 2022. And some National SC news. National SC, Dylan, they had a big game against Atlanta United uh, and they lost in their preseason opener 3-1, to one, but they had 9,000 fans showed up for their preseason opener. So it was a really big deal. It was raining in that game too, Dylan. So it was very impressive that they showed up. Uh, Nashville SC, they announced for their home opener for the USL, they're going to move that game to Nissan Stadium 
for their home opener because of the high ticket demand. That's huge. So that's very exciting for your favorite soccer team, National SC. Yeah. And in the Champions League, just a quick update there, the Champions League, Real Madrid beat PSG 3-1, to and Juve and Tottenham had a 2-2 draw, and Liverpool absolutely destroyed FC Porto 5-0. All right, Dylan, some games to watch this weekend. We have the FA Cup going on this weekend, so that's going to be very exciting. We also have a big match in Sunday as the Borussia Dortmund taking on Borussia Mönchengladbach. That's going to be at 12 o'clock on FS2. And then, of course, you have on BN Sports at 2.45, Real Betis taking on Real Madrid uh, at 2.45. And that's going to conclude, Dylan, my football recap of the week. Moving on to miscellaneous news, Johnny Manziel is... Eyeing his comeback still. He's joining the Spring League for his comeback. It's uh, Comeback SZN or something like that. Isn't that right what he's doing? Something like that, yeah. Some sort of hashtag or something on uh, social media. He's selling merchandise and things, too, to promote his comeback. Do you think there are any NFL scouts who will possibly look at him and you know say that he's ready to come back to the NFL? I mean, there might be one scout. who, who The Cowboys? I, I don't know. But... Someone will probably check him out, but it all depends on his performance, Dylan. And even that, I don't know if it's going to be enough. He, he, The best case scenario for Johnny Manziel is that he just somehow gets on like an OTA or like a practice squad uh, after his performance in the Spring Development League. And if he does really well there, you know, maybe he might get a shot to get on a, a preseason squad because they're going to have like 120 team, like roster spots, and he just has to get through that. And if he gets to the preseason, who knows? Maybe someone might give him a shot. I think it's more likely that he goes to the CFL. I think that's it is, my too. opinion. I mean, I, I, if the I were XFL's him... The XFL's not here yet, so that's his only option. Well, the XFL, he came and joined because he has oh, yeah, a criminal right. background. <laughs> but um, with the CFL, I mean, that that's, that's a guaranteed thing. They want him to come play for the CFL. He'll get money in the CFL. I think that that would be a good fit for him. I mean, if an NFL team wants to bring him on and he wants to still you know, keep that dream alive, then yeah, sure, let's see what happens. But if no scouts call him after this spring development league, uh, I think that it's time for him to move on to the CFL and, you know, get some tape there. I think if he gets some tape there, there are there have been players in the past that have gone from the CFL to the NFL, so he'll have a better chance of doing that if he goes to CFL. So uh, moving on to Peyton Manning, he is potentially going to be an announcer He's looking at ESPN and Fox right now, and ESPN is willing to back the truck up for him. That's a quote from ESPN. So uh, do you think that Peyton Manning will go for the big bucks and uh, land in the in the announcing booth? I certainly think so, Dylan. He definitely has a personality for it. We've always seen him on the commercials and TV and everything. So I, I think Peyton Manning can definitely do it. He's already getting involved. I think he's driving one of the uh, cars in Indy. For Indy car, like when they do the Indy 500s soon, yeah. And Peyton Manning, with John Gruden gone now at ESPN, and he's going to be coaching in the NFL. I think that would be his next, like a logical replacement <laughs> for ESPN, and give him a Monday Night Football. And you know, Peyton Manning, he loves football. Let's talk about gurus and stuff like that. And who knows? Maybe he's Peyton Manning was a quarterback, so maybe he might do his Peyton Manning camp and interview all these rookies, especially this year, Dylan. We've got a lot of quarterbacks. That are coming in the draft for 2018 in the NFL. Yeah, uh, very true. So Orlando Solar Bears are looking at 
Now, are keeping their eyes on the prize, I guess you could say, at the Kelly Cup playoffs. They are fourth in the south right now. Um, how likely is it that the Orlando Solar Bears are make it to the playoffs, first of all? And secondly, uh, how likely is it for them to advance far enough to get to the Kelly Cup? Right now, Dylan, the Orlando Solar Bears, they are so far 3-3 uh, three and three this month. Their next game is going to be uh, actually tonight as we speak against the Worcester, the Worcester Whaler, excuse me. And Orlando Solar Bears, and the ECHL, how they do the playoffs, Dylan, is the top four teams in each division get into the playoffs. So Orlando Solar Bears, right now they're in fourth, in the, as you mentioned, the South, with a record of 22 wins, 23 losses, and five OT losses. And they have 50 points, so that's not bad. And they have a six-point gap over the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. Yes, that's their name. <laughs> so, Interesting. So uh, I think Orlando Solar Bears, Dylan, are going to hang in there for the rest of the season, and they're going to make the playoffs. I, I feel pretty confident on that pick. Now, how they're going to do in the playoffs, I don't know. But they made it last year, and they lost in a hard-fought seven games against the Florida Everblades, and they probably want to make a deep run and go further this time around. So the Solar Bears, Dylan, are doing pretty well. Needless to say, we will be trying to get some tickets to go to that one of those games in the in near future. Hopefully, we can arrange our schedule to where we can actually go to a game. But nevertheless, uh, the MLS Live is moving to an all-new ESPN Plus platform in April. So I'm guessing it's a, it's a paid subscription service through ESPN for premium content, uh, such as MLS and things like that. I think they've been trying to test that out over the past few months. Yeah, and ESPN, and they announced that it's going to be $4.99, and that's a really good deal, Dylan, for the fans of soccer because you get out-of-market games, and... You can watch any of the games and it's free. Like you're not paying anything extra like you do like with NHL. You're paying for like the whole season. So that's a really big deal for them. So uh, I don't think it's going to be in time for when MLS starts in March, but they said it should be up and running by April. So they said until it gets loaded on ESPN Plus, it's going to be for free because they're phasing it out. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Roger Federer, that was announced today, but he has regained his number one tennis ranking in world, in the world. And he's the oldest player now to get a uh, number one ranking because he's 36. Wow. And Roger Ferris done really well. He just recently won the Australian Open. So he's done very well. So congrats to him for getting the number one ranking once again. Definitely so. Now on to one of our favorite segments of the week. It is Uncle Bobby's Scam Alert. Uncle Bobby is joining us on the phone line once again. And uh, Uncle Bobby, what you got for this this week? Okay, well, glad to be back on again, as uh, usual. Uh, so my scam is kind of weird on how I titled it, but basically it's involving Warren Sapp. Don't know if you heard, but he got served with a uh, civilian subpoena based on the criminal allegations when he was at the Super Bowl for the NFL Network back in Phoenix and involving a lady and some things that went down. Supposedly there was some assault and all that. Uh, the charges got dropped, but now she's going after him for for the uh, civilian side uh, penalties, uh, civil side. So what they did was they set up a meet and greet with him, and the guy who set it up was the one that served him the war, the uh, subpoena, and he had no idea at first because he thought it was just a normal fan coming in to see him. Got his photo taken, autograph, and then he submitted the subpoena. And it's out on TMZ and all that, and it's just uh, kind of weird to watch. So my scam is, if you know you could be possibly served, you got to be careful that you don't go back to where they're going to serve you. So 
Uh, I don't know if you all heard about that or what you think about that, but that's pretty weird. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of in, in my hometown of Cookville, Tennessee. This happened years ago. The police decided to send out these news, like these letters to criminals in the city, okay? And they said, hey, you've been selected to win a brand new laptop computer. Come to this location on Saturday between 7 a.m. and 9 a.m. to receive your prize. You know what? About 80% of those criminals who got that letter actually went to that location and every single one of them got arrested. <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. I don't, it's just kind of like a, a bait and switch kind of thing. But it's, it's, oh, yeah, yeah. it's pretty funny how you know some people can actually get away with doing that. And they, they, uh, they get baited very, very quickly. So Warren Sapp was one of those people that got baited um, in a situation mm-hmm. like that. So, I mean, he, he deserves it. So, I mean, you know, if, if it yep. happened, it happened. And so he needs to pay the consequences for it. So, anyway, yep. all right, let's move on to winners and losers. JT, I will start with you first. Thanks, Dylan. Well, my winner is, I have a, just a couple real quick, but my first winner is the new soccer team, the UPSL, Bragg FC. Of course, Bragg FC, they're going to be based in uh, Fort Bragg, I Fort Bragg in Fayetteville, outside, it's like near Fayetteville, North Carolina. But they're going to be a UPSL team, amateur team, and adult league team, and they're going to have uh, military service members uh, playing, for, active military service members playing for that team. So when their season starts next month, so that's pretty awesome. Of course, around the world, you do see some soccer teams that are affiliated with the military. Um, for example, like in South Korea, because in South Korea, they require their citizens uh, – to do two years of service. So they do have a team there that plays in a professional league, Sangju Sangmu FC. So that's the one team that is affiliated with the military that does that. So it seems like Bragg FC is trying to do something similar to that. So that's pretty cool. So just want to give a shout out to those guys. And of course, thank you for your service. Uh, my other winner is Atlanta United because they released their new peach uniform jerseys. And Dillo, you haven't seen them yet. You got to check it out on social media, on Twitter. They look awesome. So they are my winner this week. Those guys are my winners. My loser is going to be the Arena Football League. The Arena Football League, of course, they released their schedule starts in April. But unfortunately, Dylan, they only, like the NASL, they only have four teams right now. Uh, the Tampa Bay team is either hiatus or they folded, like the Orlando Predators a few years ago. And I think they have another team on hiatus. So right now they only have four teams, Albany, uh Philadelphia, Baltimore, and Washington. That's like it. So you're going to have like, I don't know, a 20-game schedule and only have four teams play the same teams like over and over and over and over. Like, what's Arena Football League doing? And they got another league that's like replaced. I don't know how many. You never, you never do your research. How many Arena Football Leagues there are? Oh, there are a lot. <laughs> there, there's there the Indoor lot. Football League. And I just found this new one because there's a new team that's going in Charlotte. It's going to be the American Arena League. Why don't they all just join forces I know, and right? create one large league? I don't get it. So I was looking it up because they got this new team, but they got this team, Dylan, in that arena, uh, the arena, or America Arena League, geez, <laughs> called the Georgia Doom. Like, it's crazy. So the Atlanta Havoc, they got all these crazy names. <laughs> so arena football, I just don't get it, man. But that's my loser this week. Wow. Uncle Bobby, your turn. Yeah, so my winner is the uh, pretty much the, almost the whole country of the Netherlands. Uh, at the Olympic opening ceremonies, uh, Katie Couric uh, basically said 
the only reason why the Dutch are so good at speed skating is because that is their main form of transportation, especially down the canals when they freeze over. Didn't ha- didn't want to say that you know it's because they work real hard at it; they're really good at it. No, I had to come up with that comment. So basically, she ended up um, uh, taking a lot of backlash. Had to apologize, but I'm just glad to see that they stood up to them and say, "Hey, that's not the reason why we skate so good. We skate because we train real hard, and that's the reason why because you know where they live at." So that's my winner. All right, uh, and my loser is Lavar Ball. Of course. Now his latest uh, latest uh, annex is he's going to tell the Lakers if they don't sign his two other boys when Lonzo's contract is up, then he will be leaving the team. Now the issue is that's I think two more years down the road, three more years. So the other two guys, sons are still in Europe. I don't know if they're playing too much because I know they haven't been playing too good lately. But how does he expect the Lakers to say he's going to sign all three of them again if there's only one playing still? So my loser is definitely him for what he's trying to say the Lakers to do. So I think uh, they'll, they'll be uh, letting him walk when his time's up. I have a feeling they might um, let him walk even earlier than that. They might even trade him because, yeah, I mean, I don't think yeah, Magic Johnson's I mean, going to – Magic Johnson's not going to put up with that for as long as they have him on a contract. So I think that, I mean, it could easily turn into a trade situation. I don't know what team would actually trade for him, though. He'll have to show some of it more of his talent in the next few next few uh, seasons because I mean he hasn't really been doing that well in the NBA so far. So he'll have to develop more. But I, I don't see them getting to a point where he's going to still be on the team in three years. So um, I mean it don't, that might just be me, but I don't think Magic Johnson's going to put up with that. So let's go to my winner and loser. Uh, my winner is going to be AJ McCarron from the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, now formerly of the Cincinnati Bengals. He is a free agent now because he filed a grievance against the team for putting him on injured reserve, um, and he was pretty much held back from playing, and so he filed a grievance against the team, and he won today. So congratulations to him for winning that and becoming a free agent. Hopefully he does get paid, and hopefully he does go to a team um, pretty soon, at least to be a backup, because I don't really see him becoming a starter anywhere, Um, but good for him. And my loser this week is the radio host from KNBR, I believe it is. Yeah, KNBR. His name is Patrick Connor. He was on the radio the other day talking about Chloe Kim and her gold medal and referred to her as a fine piece of blank. Fill in the blank. Because I'm not going to say it on this show because I don't want to get fired. But um, called her that, and with her being a 17-year-old girl, that's not the thing you should say to... Um, a girl, first of all, a 17 year old girl for a second of all, and an Olympian, a gold medal Olympian, third of all. So, um, needless to say, he got fired today. He got let go by the radio station. So he is my loser for this week. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got for you this week. Let's go to our final thoughts. JT, I'll start with you. Well, guys, I just want to express, uh, my thoughts and condolences to everyone's been affected in South Florida with the Stoneman Douglas high school shooting that happened a few days ago. Uh, of course, it's been around the news, Dylan, everyone's been talking about it. I know at Disney, we've been increasing our security with everything that's been going on. So I just want to express my thoughts and prayers and, you know, think about the 17 people that lost their lives and just uh, uh, see uh, South Florida unite and help that community out. Yeah. But that's my final thought. Uncle Bobby. Yeah, so my final thought is um, that Philly fan at the Super Bowl that stole the stadium seat. Um, 
after all uh, that happened, they basically were initially going to charge him, but then he agreed to pay for the seat. So now that kind of opens up a can of worms where now anybody who wants to steal something, they're going to say, hey, you know, that I should be able to just pay for it if that's what they're letting this one guy do for the Super Bowl. So I just don't think that it was too smart by what they did. Um, but, yeah, I also, uh, yeah, real sad about what happened down in South Florida, so I'm real sad for what happened. Yeah, uh, and my final thought goes out to Larry Fitzgerald uh, for coming back in the 2018 season for the Arizona Cardinals. It's going to be a fantastic um, year for him and most likely his last before he retires. So um, good luck to him in the season. So thanks for listening to the show this week, guys. You can follow us on Facebook at Out of Bounds with Dylan James, on Twitter at OOB Podcast, and also email myself, Dylan at OutofBoundsPodcast.com or JT at JT at OutofBoundsPodcast.com. Listen to us on WBLZ Sports Media um, every Saturday from 10 to 11 a.m. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Have a great one. Sports Talk. WBLZ Sports. We've got balls. I'm Stephen Jodderan from Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. Hi, I'm Armand Kafai. Be sure to give us a listen for the best coverage in American soccer. Follow us on Twitter at UncSamSoccerPod and give us a subscription on iTunes and Google Play. You don't want to miss it. Gen Service offers complete electrical service with a reputation based on quality. Turn to them for residential, commercial, and industrial electrical service. Doesn't matter if it's new construction, homes, electrical panels, hot tubs, generators, or a commercial rewire. The Gen Service team is licensed, bond, and insured to put your electrical concerns at ease. For an electrical contractor with 25 years of service, give Gen Service a call at 740-438-7173. With over 30 years of experience, the smart people call on Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing. Interior, exterior, commercial, or residential, Doug Peffer does it all. Is your house looking ugh? Then call on Doug. Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. Mention WBLZ Sports and you'll receive a special We've Got Balls discount. That's Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. We are not Vegas, guys. We're just two guys from South Carolina. Making our picks. Doing what we love. That's it. No bunkum, no bullshit. We don't have credit cards at the day. We're not hanging out with Frella Mafia. Even though we wish we were. The Burger and Badass Show. Thursday night from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And Saturday morning from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. Exclusively on WBLZ Sports. We got the balls. Danny, I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get you the ball. Are you going to get me the ball? Oh, I'll get you the ball. Get you the WBLZ Sports. I hope he doesn't kill somebody.